Hello, I'm Pastor Danielle Moore Casey, and we are delighted to have you worshiping with us where you are on this second Sunday of Advent as we gather here at Triumphant Love. We ask you to continue to share with us your prayer requests. We thank you for returning your offerings to the office or doing those online. We also appreciate you completing and returning your commitment cards for 2021 as we begin forming faith from roots to fruit in this new year. And finally, we are beginning to gather collections for our Christmas Eve poinsettias. If you would like to give those in memory or in honor of someone, there is information on our website and in our e-news. And now we turn to begin our service as we sing our Advent song, He Came Down. Let us pray. We praise you, O God, for this circle of light that marks our days of preparation for Christ's advent. As we light the candles on this wreath, kindle within us the fire of your spirit, that we may be light shining in the darkness. Enlighten us with your grace, 
that we may welcome others as you have welcomed us. Grant this through Christ our Lord, whose coming is certain and whose day draws near. Amen. As we turn to light the candles on this wreath, we also see images of others lighting their wreaths in their home altars. We sing. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea, creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of foam to the fragrance of spring, every creature unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name, you are amazing God, all powerful. Untamable, awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing God. Who has told every lightning bolt where it will go? Or seen heavenly storehouses laden with snow? Imagine the sun and give source to its light, yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night. None can fathom, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name, you are amazing God, all-powerful. Untamable, awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing God. You are amazing God. Indescribable, uncontainable, Place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing God. Incomparable, unchangeable. You see the depths of my heart and you love me the same. You are amazing. 
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I now invite our young people to gather around to join me for a children's message. good to be with all of you today wherever you are gathering for this children's message. A little reminder that we are in a new season, actually a new year in the church year, and you can see some of the symbols and reminders of that. The color blue, we have Advent candles up here, and you saw us light those perhaps you were lighting some at home along with us and we have our jesse tree that we showed you this past week i hope many of you have already gotten your jesse tree devotion and our advent to go box if you haven't we still have some left at the church just let us know and you can come by and pick those up for grown-ups, we also have our Praying the Jesse Tree devotion for you to follow along with us. Our family tree is a special thing that tells us about those who came before us, people we call our ancestors. And Jesus' family tree works in the same way. As we trace it from its beginnings, we can learn something about him by learning about those who came before him. And today we learn about one of Jesus' special relatives, John the Baptist. We'll hear about him in our gospel text in a minute. We all have people in our family who are a little bit different than us. And that's a good way to describe John. He lived in an unusual place, not in a big city or even a small village, but out in the wilderness on his own. And he dressed kind of weird. He didn't wear a usual linen tunic like most people of his day. Instead, he wore camel's hair. And he ate strange things too, like wild honey which I imagine probably didn't come in a cute honey bear jar, and locusts. Can you imagine crunching down on a locust for breakfast, lunch, and dinner like John? So, yeah, John was a little strange. But as strange as he was, he was extremely important in Jesus' family tree and important for us still today because John had an important message. He said to prepare, to get ready for the coming of Jesus. And he told people to repent, which literally means to turn around, to change the way we're acting in order to get ready for Jesus' coming. So that begs the question, what are some things we can do to get ready for Jesus. You can take a minute and pause the service to talk about that with your family. Maybe you said lighting 
Advent candles or doing your own Jesse tree using our devotions at home. Maybe you said reading those scripture stories that are listed in the devotion or making a special effort to say your prayers. Maybe you thought of changing, turning, as John said, doing things like saying sorry when you've messed up, and maybe things like serving others, especially in this difficult year. Those are all things that we can do to get our hearts, our minds, our lives, ourselves ready to welcome Jesus once again. I hope you will join me and join John in doing those things these next few weeks. Will you pray with me? Our hands we fold, our heads we bow. It's time to talk to God now. Dear God, thank you for Jesus and for John who helps us get ready for Christ's coming. Amen. We turn now to our choir anthem and scriptures for today. Psalm 85. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. 
Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him, and will make a path for his steps. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sin. Now, John was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandal. I have baptized you with water. But he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. We sing. Oh. 
Mark's gospel starts abruptly. It does not begin with an infancy story like that of Matthew or Luke. There is no angel appearing to a perplexed Mary or to a disgraced Joseph. There is no announcement from Elizabeth, blessed is the fruit of your womb. No, Mark either didn't know these stories or perhaps didn't really care all that much about them. So for Mark, the story starts, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For Mark, the story begins not with the unlikely couple in Nazareth or the babe lying in the manger in Bethlehem, but rather with John the baptizer in the wilderness. For Mark, the story begins with the words of the ancient prophet Isaiah and the actions of this new prophet, John. So Mark's gospel never gets a Christmas pageant appearance. It's certainly not as cute to dress up the little ones uh, like locusts as it is sheep. And no mom wants her little angel all hopped up on wild honey touching the altar with sticky fingers. So if we were to direct the opening of Mark's gospel, not as a Christmas pageant, it might look something like this. First, a long pan shot of a desert wilderness. Somewhere east of Jerusalem, the caption might read. There is not much to look at, save a lonely shepherd leading a small flock of sheep toward what little greenery he can find. And then across the screen in large rolling letters, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For this first sentence of Mark is as just as much the title of the entire gospel. And then perhaps there would be a voiceover with a great tenor in its tone. Maybe someone like James Earl Jones would say, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. And suddenly across that vast desert from just over the hills appears a large crowd of people, men and women and children, some walking, some riding beasts of burden, and they move forward towards something we cannot yet see, their necks craning, their eyes straining for a better view. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And in the midst of that crowd of people, he appears with his leather belt and camel's hair ensemble, looking a bit disheveled with a long beard and even longer hair. He wears the dress of the prophets before him, not so much a fashion statement as a theological one. He stands knee deep in a river that seems out of place in this arid land. And as people come forward, he baptizes them, immersing them in water, drowning out their sin, and telling them to turn in a new direction. 
they don't seem to much notice his odd dress and remote ministry location. Or if they do, they don't seem to care. But looking at John through this camera lens, he appears to be someone I would not particularly run toward. Everything we know about him makes me think I would have been likely to run the other way. He has the appearance, and I would imagine the smell, of one of those street evangelists who wave their Bibles in your face and tell you you're going straight to hell if you don't listen to their spiel. And yet, John didn't plant himself on a busy street corner in Jerusalem, and he certainly didn't park himself in the temple. Instead, he was out in the middle of nowhere, in the desert, in the wilderness. People wouldn't have just happened to bump into John. Instead, people had to make an effort to go out to him. And go out, they did. People from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem, Mark tells us, were going out to him. And this makes the story all the more peculiar because Jerusalem was home to the Jewish temple, the place people would go to connect with God. That was the place of the sacrifices, the festivals, the priests and rabbis, the holy of holies, where God actually resided. Why were people leaving all that holiness for all this wilderness? Why were people leaving all the religious experts for this unauthorized prophet? All I can figure is John had something. I remember when I was first entertaining the idea of attending seminary, I read an article in which a woman spoke of the ministers she had known throughout her life. As she said, some of them were called and some just went. I imagine if she heard John preach or watched him baptize, she would have put him in the called category. But he certainly wasn't called to Jerusalem, to the power and authority that resided there. He wasn't called to the priesthood, though his pedigree certainly would have allowed it. No, he was called to the wilderness, to be a prophetic voice, to announce the coming of the Messiah. And people were drawn to him. Not because of his dress or his titles, but because of his passion, and more importantly, his offer. His message of the coming Messiah ignited the dark desert sky. His message of preparation and repentance ignited something within the crowd. They needed what he offered. They needed to turn around. They wanted to be transformed by God. They wanted to be baptized in those waters. And they came to John and were baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sin.
they bypassed Jerusalem. They walked away from the temple and they came to the wild man in the wilderness. They came and saw the new thing that God was beginning. And it was, after all, only the beginning of the good news, as Mark tells us. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John made it very clear that his ministry was only the beginning of what was to come. John made it very clear that he himself was not the focus. He was only there to point the way to someone else. And he was only a messenger preparing the way. John was not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of that one's sandals. The Messiah was coming, and it was time to get ready. But only those who were willing to wander out into the wilderness with John heard this message. Those who played it safe didn't hear. Those who stuck with what they knew didn't hear. Those who remained comfortable didn't hear. And the same is true for us this Advent season. Oh, I imagine it feels like we have been in the wilderness for several months now. The wilderness of isolation and loneliness, the wilderness of sadness and grief, the wilderness of what else and how long, O oh Lord. And yet John calls us deeper still into this wilderness time. For if we are unwilling to wander out into the wilderness with John, we might miss the message. We just might miss the Messiah coming to us. If we play it safe, we might not hear. If we avoid change, we might not hear. If we don't turn, we might not hear. We all have some idea of where our wilderness lies, and most of the time, we are content with staying just this side of that border. And yet, a journey into that wilderness is advantageous to our spirits. Because often God does not come to us in our comfort zones. Instead, God calls to us from the wilderness places of the world, the wilderness places of our own hearts. For some, Tuning in to worship where you are might be a sort of unknown wilderness of sorts if you haven't been in a church for some time. For others, the wilderness lies instead beyond the church doors and out in the community. For some, the wilderness is waiting and listening, and for others, it is moving and finally acting on something. Whatever the wilderness is for you, that is the place you need to go. We need to go to the wilderness during Advent, for it is there 
where our comforts and provisions and facades are stripped away, that we realize that we too need this Messiah. We too need a Savior. If we only listen to God in the comfortable places, we might miss the message of the Messiah. But we need not fear this journey. For John still points the way in the wilderness for us. And more importantly, God will be with us there. So if I were to direct the Christmas pageant according to Mark, it would end much like the gospel itself concludes, with a cliffhanger sort of question about what we will do with this good news. And as the camera pans away from John, knee deep in that water, and back through the crowd clustered together, it reveals one lone person standing on the edge of the city, looking out into the wilderness that lies ahead. And the voice asks him, asks her, asks you. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness. Will you go? It is an advantageous journey. Amen. We sing. God, during this Advent season, we wait longingly for the light of the world to arrive and bring hope to us all. We pray for all who are suffering from the effects of COVID-19, for those who have lost faith, and for our troubled world and our community of faith.
creating God, prepare our hearts and minds as you guide us to join together with others in reimagining a world where all your children cannot just survive, but thrive as well. We pray for you to grant us the courage to boldly seek justice, to love and serve our neighbor, and to share the promise of the coming of the Christ child. Strengthen us as we seek ways wherever we live, work, and play to extend a hand to those who are lost, marginalized, or grieving. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Reigning God, you have claimed us as your beloved children. Grant us the faith to trust in you and all you have promised. As we await the coming of the Messiah, infuse us with joyful anticipation for your word made flesh. Give us hope for peace in our country and the world. We pray for our national and local leaders to be guided by you in their decision-making. Sustain our faith in these uncertain times. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Compassionate God, as we look forward with joy to the birth of Jesus, help us to acknowledge that our family gatherings may look very different from what we have known. Grant us the strength to accept what is and compassion to reach out to those who are lonely. Let your love wash over us and relieve us from our worry and bring a calmness to our hearts. Trusting in your promise to never leave us, we turn to you in prayer for a brighter tomorrow. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Healing God. We continue to pray for doctors, nurses, and all others who serve in the front lines, treating those who are suffering from COVID-19. Infuse them with strength, courage, and preserve their health. We pray for all who are struggling financially during this crisis, that their needs will be met. Remind us that you are with us always and in all ways. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Listening, God, hear the prayers of your people and ease their heavy burdens. We lift up to you these prayers of concern and thanksgiving from our congregation. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially our outreach team and their work with Austin City Lutherans and the Bread for All Food Pantry. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for Tom, David, Myron, Joel, Barb, Laurel, and Lisa, for those in need of peace and clarity, especially for Courtney and for William and his family. We pray for those in need of healing from COVID-19, especially for pastors in our synod and members of our synod staff. And we pray for those who mourn the loss of loved ones, especially Janice Miller and the loss of her brother, Becky Coddington and the loss of her mother, and Ryan Brown and the loss of his stepmother. And for those in our hearts and minds now. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Faithful God, as we await the birth of Jesus, center our minds and hearts on you. Help us to find peace in your presence. Thank you for your divine grace and infinite love. Guide us to reflect your light in all we say and do. Amen. And the peace of Christ be with you always.
Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those around you and with those you meet throughout your week. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab. Or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. God, you have created all that is, and you provide for us in every season. Bless all that we offer, that through these gifts the world will receive your blessing. In the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, we pray. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. The creator of the stars bless your advent waiting. The long expected Savior, fill you with love. The startling spirit, guide your journey, now and forevermore. Amen. We sing.
And a few reminders before we dismiss to join us in our various Advent preparations. You can find information on our website or in our e-news and to turn in those Christmas poinsettia requests. And now go in peace. Prepare the way of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcast progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.